Hello, everyone. I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week, we talk to Northeast emo band 3AM. The band's name comes from wanting to spend time with your friends and the permanence of the tattoo Craig got before they decided on a name. The writing process spans many miles, both digitally and in person, keeping the heart of the music intact. The band was able to explore more sounds on their most recent release, Life's Hard, which focuses on the difficulties of life, both inconvenient and hardships. The band is currently working on a new album, which looks to hone in on some of the newer experimental sounds that were used in the last album. Without further ado, Hey Mom, Can You Pick Me Up? I'm Scared by 3AM.
3 a.m. The whole band is here. Thank you guys so much for being on with us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So the first thing that we wanted to talk about a little bit was the fact that your hobbies and the things you do outside of music are so scattered and like vast. Um, what are, what are some of the things that you guys find you're able to do together? Because I feel like some of these are a little complimentary. Some of them clash a little bit. Like what is the, what do you guys do together? If anything outside of music? All right, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you kick that one off. And I'll oh, same <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think like all three of us together, um, we don't like get to see each other where we're all together at the same time very much anymore. Uh, and usually when we do, it's like for a few days or for a weekend, uh, once every like three or four months. Right. Um, so normally that entails like a bonfire and, uh, like some bag toss or outdoor lawn game, something like that. Um, two beers. All right. Two beers, yeah. But Craig's <laughs> family is like too good at bag toss. So I don't, he's not allowed to play anymore because yeah. then I always I lose. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much detail like Hunter provided, but like he lives in DC and I live in Grand Rapids. So we're obviously a ways apart. So I think. Like when all of us get together, it's, I mean, with that limited time we have, I feel like it's a lot of just like catching up, right? Like you said, like the bonfires, it's just like sitting around, like having drinks and talking most of the time. And yeah, so it's a lot of that opposed to like doing activities together, just given the limited amount of time that we have. For sure. Although in the past we have been all known to go uh, skiing and snowboarding, even though our uh, abilities differ quite, you know, significantly. <laughs> Listen, I'm very bad. I'm very bad at. Oh, I thought that's, that, that was. I thought it was me. like maybe a dig at himself a little bit, but no, it was me. It was me. We have all gone together, but I'm very bad. So we all have our strengths. Well, okay, okay, but like to be clear, Hunter went snowboarding. This was a long time ago. Were we in like high school? Maybe this is like maybe his second time ever snowboarding we're going down the hill at like five miles an hour he falls over you know just like casual fall you fall back and he's like i think i broke my wrist i'm like dude get up he actually broke his wrist he broke his wrist just falling down falling over stand it out like ski paramedics come up pull him down on a little like toboggan i'm like this is a (laughs) (laughs) i took my glove off and my wrist was just like zoop like very broken literally the same exact thing happened to me first first or second time i went snowboarding going real slow tried to stop just fell back and i was like i think i broke my wrist glove off and just oh my gosh wow crazy that's enough information for me to never go snowboarding (laughs) (laughs) so you've continued you've continued to snowboard after that yeah i kept going after that uh now when i fall down i just like use my head i just (laughs) (laughs) directly on my head uh yeah i don't know i probably haven't gone for a few years not since moving out to dc but uh yeah it's a good wintertime activity you know yeah, entirely. Fair. When you're not breaking bones. I f- you could say that about most things, I think. <laughs> Generally <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe better without <laughs> the broken bones. But you guys said that you also do, like, lawn games, sort of. And, I again, I know it's, like, on the, the shorter end of things. But just as a suggestion, maybe, like, 
handicaps, right, for Craig mm -hmm. when you're doing that. Uh -huh. Like, you want to include oh, oh, oh. him, right? I don't know. <laughs> or, I like, or I like what you're hear me out, them. it's like bowling and the rest of us get bumpers. <laughs> I mean, that that is, yeah, that's a good point. But like, so I, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and so when we go bowling, she yeah. gets bumpers, and I get really excited because I'm like, hell yeah, I get to use bumpers now. So <laughs> I don't know if giving them the handicap is necessarily going to get me more excited. So. <laughs> getting bumpers i'm getting bumpers everyone gets bumpers it's a new way to play the game yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so you guys have obviously known each other for quite some time uh just give us a general gist about how you met and kind of how you started um 3am yeah i mean i guess this this goes way back with with me and hunter i think you know before meg came in the picture and um we met in i think it was fifth grade and Hunter and I, for absolutely no reason at all, just absolutely hated each other. I, there was there was no good reason for it, but I think one day he just decided to kick me in the shins with his steel-toed boots, which he wore in fifth grade. Which I thought it was really cool for having steel-toed. <laughs> he thought he was yeah, like we were steel-toed boots in fifth grade, right? But um, I, and then again, like out of nowhere, that just kind of bloomed somehow into like a friendship. I think the next year, and then we yeah we just started getting a lot closer and you know we kept that friendship all the way up until now obviously and i'll hand that over to, to hunter to discuss how he met megan and how she came to the picture because i don't <laughs> want to explain all that when yeah. they're the ones that are married but yeah uh so i'll back up just a little bit and say like it was probably in high school like junior year or something that we started playing music together and i originally learned how to play on the bass guitar um and i remember teaching craig to play bass and uh then kind of just like I moved over to guitar. Craig was playing bass a lot. Um, we weren't really like writing anything, but I feel like what really solidified us was playing rock band. So I remember yeah. I got rock band at some point and he had like the drum set. And I always wanted to play the drum set, but it was Craig's was like, rock band. That's my thing. Playing the drum set. <laughs> <laughs> I totally think that's like, you know, where your love for the drums came from. And he's like really just kept that ever since. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, flash forward a little bit to college. That's where Megan and I met. When, when do you think we first started doing music together? Well, okay, I'll tell you. I'll <laughs> tell you. So we, uh, I met Hunter freshman year of college. And so I met Craig for the first time at around Christmas time of freshman year of college um, when I had gone back to meet Hunter's family. And like the first couple of times we didn't, play music or anything but then over that summer between freshman year and sophomore year of college um they got a lot more involved with a couple of their other friends too like uh they have another friend that plays the guitar and then another friend that played the bass and while they were always practicing hunter's parents <laughs> decided to put on just like a, a big party for their friends um, and they were like, you know, what we would love is if your band comes and plays live for our friend's party. So they set up their whole basement and <laughs> his sister came and played the keyboard and I came and like sang and it was very funny. It was a very wild party. I don't actually remember if we were any good, but we put on 
a banging show. You know, there's yeah. a lot of drunk people there that said we rocked. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, and like the whole audience was like 50 plus, like yeah. Yeah. of age. Like they were older. So like I think you know you do it and like, well, these guys are pretty sweet. So yeah, that was my I, first real intro to the band. Was like you guys had already practiced a couple times and you were like, Yeah, come on and like sing with us and we'll like do these like old rock covers. And I was like, heck yeah. Yeah. all dressed up and we put on a show and it was a good time yeah we were in like suits and ties yes. <laughs> let's just say our, our vibe has changed a little bit since since that, that that show but I mean like going back to like what Megan said I mean so she mentioned like the two other guys so like yeah it was probably freshman sophomore year of college where I wasn't really playing the drums outside of like you know rock band like Hunter was still playing guitar and a buddy from middle school that I knew played guitar and then one of our friends in high school like played bass every now and then so we're like hey let's go out to my uncle's place who has like basically a recording studio in his basement we're like let's just like jam and you know drink together and like have a good time and like we spent a weekend up there and that's literally all we did for a weekend like again it's like all like our first time of all of us playing together and then like subsequent to that I, I bought a drum set uh moved into my parents basement and I was like all right every single weekend this is like during college I'm like you guys are coming over and like we, we just play music and that was the start of the band that we called vital soundscape <laughs> um I about that. Yeah. we workshopped that name for about six months and that's the mm-hmm. best thing we got so <laughs> So yeah, don't don't <laughs> hold us to that. There's probably some videos on YouTube out there that you could find of of our music. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say that was like the the precipice of leading into like 3 a.m. Um, because now obviously those those two guys are gone, and you know Hunter and I have stuck together, and Megan's joined. I think we've excelled well beyond what Vital Soundscape was at. <laughs> so yeah. But it sounds like after that first show, everything kind of clicked. So like, tell us about how you know, after that show and you guys started writing together and making the music um, that you released, tell us about that kind of time frame and, um, you know, where you are up till now. Yeah. Uh, so we, as Craig said, we'd play like pretty much every weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and we were kind of, I guess what you'd call like a emo jam band. So one of us, like either myself or uh, the other guitarist, Alex, would come with some riff they've been working on. And we would just, you know, play that riff and play it faster, play it slower, play it in three-fourths time, four-fourths. And it got to the point where we were just like, like speaking the language of the song, you know, and we'd do these jams for like 10, 15 minutes on the same riff, but just reimagining it in different ways and all these sorts of different combinations. Um, and I feel like that's the like the skeleton of how 3am kind of works now um some of the songs you know since we're farther away from each other i'll put down a lot more of a like um foundation and when craig and i can meet up you know i'll bring that he'll listen to it um i've usually like emailed it to him you know a hundred times before that like hey check out this version this version um but you know then he'll uh go to town with the drums but kind of the best things that we've made and my favorite songs that we've made, it's like when we have enough time, I go over to his house, I say, hey, I've got this riff or these couple riffs, this structure. What do you think about that? And we just sit down, he hops on the drums, plug in the guitar, and we just do that same thing where we just kind of iterate and try out these different you know, combinations, time signatures, tempos, all that stuff. Um, and just sort of like speaking that language back and forth, write it in the moment. Be like, yeah, that part, we want to use that. Um, 
I don't know. Anything you want to add to that, Greg? I feel like. Uh, no, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't want to get too, like, ahead of the questions here. Like, I how he describes, like, the, the writing process and how the songs, like, come to be. Like, I, I don't know if you guys have, like, questions of that or if I'm jumping ahead here. But, like, I you know, I, I think that, like, he's, like, what he mentioned, like, I would say there's almost, like, two ways that at now that songs are written and him and Megan being in DC, I think that like, it's, it's a very different, like the songs sound different from like when the process is like, he's writing in DC and like sends me it and I'm recording, like I have an electric kit and I'll, you know, put it down the electric kit and send it back. And like, we have this virtual, uh, you know, conversation that we're having with how writing the song versus what he was just describing, which is like, he'll come with a riff and then like, we just kind of like workshop it together and like, I think both methods are great. They produce great, you know, songs in the end. Like we love them, but it's just, they're, they're just, they're, they're very different. Right. And like, it's just interesting to see like the dynamic of like, Oh, being this far apart and like what comes out of it when it's, you know, fully virtual versus like being together. And yeah, I, I think I was talking like very like arbitrary there, but like it, it's a very different process. And like, I love them both, but I obviously in being together, I think that's, that's the most fun for me, at least obviously we get to, you know, workshop it live. And I think that's what Hunter always calls it uh with magic, magic in a bottle or. Yeah. Lightning it? in the bottle, I think. Lightning in a bottle. <laughs> magic in a bottle. <laughs> that's close, right? But yeah. Same thing. Lightning, magic. Yeah. yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. There's. Um, <laughs> no, that's super interesting that, that you bring that up because I feel like a lot of people as of the past couple of years have been doing a lot more uh, like virtual uh, kind of collaborating in terms of music because of the pandemic and everything. Is that something that you guys were doing beforehand? So you had a little bit of experience or was that something that is also new for, for you when you're doing this? Um, I'd say we were doing a little bit of that beforehand. Uh, so, you know, before we moved to DC, Megan and I lived in Indiana. Um, so we were still, you know, like a two hour drive away from uh, Michigan, Grand Rapids. Um, and in that case, I would still like, you know, put down an idea, email it to Craig, he would, you know, work on it. But I think we like had sort of the bones of that writing style, but still, I, like Craig said, it's a lot more fun to <laughs> do the whole thing in person. So like we sort of build up these ideas, make a week out of it and then get everything down live. Um, but uh, yeah, we definitely make use of that a lot more now um just being physically farther away and like the infrastructure for doing that is a lot more improved because of the pandemic too so like craig and i were doing some uh edits on pro tools over teams like a couple of weeks ago which is crazy like it, it, it worked so well too like it was wild yeah, we, had, we had a really bad experience with zoom we we're like okay well this isn't gonna work and we tried teams and it was like yeah editing a song live together it was crazy i'm like totally hearing crazy. exactly what it sounds like over my headphones what you know hunter's playing off his computer yeah um what i really value about the like the virtual process is we can get a song put together really quickly and so like a lot of times now um that we're a little more involved with like diy twitter and you know these other kind of music spaces an opportunity will come up where someone's like hey we're doing a compilation album um you know, can anyone get a song in in a month? And uh, it's a lot easier to do that with kind of the virtual tools we have. Um, but 
Yeah. Got one, got one coming out. Yeah, <laughs> it, needs, it needs it needs some drums. <laughs> yeah, that's Craig's homework assignment for this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> been a busy week. It's been a busy week. So, so it sounds like you guys have the process down, and it's a smooth working process. You can get songs together quickly. Was it always that? Was it always that smooth? Did it always work that well, or was it something that you kind of got into the groove to once you did it? You know, a few times. I, you know, I would, I would say there was definitely a struggle from my end, not necessarily due to trying to get in the groove of like, oh, how to like, how are we going to lay drums on this? Or like, you know, like the music aspect of it, but like from a technology standpoint, like I have a Mac from what, 2009 that I use like Pro Tools on. So like to get the songs that Hunter sends for me, which is a different version of Pro Tools, I have to get it on my fiance's computer get a two-sided flash drive because hers is just USB-C, like transfer it to my computer, <laughs> convert it to the older version of Pro Tools. So like, I, I think there was like, in like some of that's not super intuitive, right? Like like the conversion and like all of that and like making sure that like there's a metronome on it. Like it sounds like, oh yeah, I put a metronome on the song. It's like, okay, sometimes like when I was recording guitar, he doesn't necessarily just set it up with a metronome, right? So like... <laughs> I think those like very like little things that you don't think about were definitely a learning curve for me. I don't know how much for Hunter necessarily was because he's like, hey, I sent you the song. It's in your inbox. <laughs> no, Hunter like, had the same thing. Don't let him fool you. He had <laughs> he the same me. thing with like an ancient, ancient laptop and a really old version of Pro Tools. And then, right there. <laughs> yeah. And then it was really funny because he was like, Pro Tools is making me update it and my ancient laptop can't use this version anymore. So we've had the same struggles on our end, just different. But yes, the technology has not been the most straightforward, <laughs> especially when you're using outdated laptops. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we we figured it out for the most part, but... Yeah. Good to hear you've got that at least for the most part streamline the process until uh, a couple years from now when pro tools needs to update again and <laughs> things from now like <laughs> <laughs> um so i feel like uh one thing that i'm curious about was you guys talked about how long it took you to come up with your first name how did you come up with 3 a.m was that a quicker process or was this also as tedious? No. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was not a quicker process. I'll let Hunter explain it. I'm just going to say it wasn't a quicker process though. Like you, but before he goes, I just want to say, you would think like Hunter's like the, the creative genius, I would say behind most of this band. He, he does like a lot of like the initial writing and stuff. You would think like with that creativity, you're like, you got so many options for a band name. I want to, I want to take one second real quick, just as like a sidebar and say, like, sometimes I wish this was a visual podcast because I feel like the faces that Megan has been making throughout this are just like the reactions to everything are fantastic. No, I'm just really curious to know where the name came from because I can tell you why I think that they have the band name 3 a.m., but I think I might be wrong. Well, okay. So we're all learning. I wanna I wanna yeah, hear, I wanna hear Megan's first. Oh yeah. I, okay. I, that is, that is I think Craig idea. knows where this is going. I do. I remember when names were getting bounced around and 3 a.m. was in the running. And then before I know it, 
Craig has it tattooed on himself, <laughs> and he's like, "Well, we can't change it now." So yes, that's yes, how yes. came to be. <laughs> that's that's completely accurate. It was like, <laughs> and I I was like, I dude, I tattooed it on my body. Like that has to be our band name now. Otherwise, I just have a time of day tattooed on my body. Talk about a full send. That's <laughs> committed. Yeah. <laughs> it was Craig's favorite. So he was just like, you know what? We're choosing this. <laughs> That's, yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'll give like maybe a little backstory. And this is uh, like, let me preface by saying we, we formed 3 a.m. in like what, 2014 or 2013? Yeah. So, 14 ish. Spotify didn't exist yet. Um, and you know i wasn't on twitter i hadn't like connected with any other sort of like groups of musicians or anything um but i did do my homework and i looked up if there was a band by the name of 3am anywhere and at least at the time of 2013 there was not so we're like oh, okay cool this is great um <clears throat> tattoo happens um <laughs> flash forward by the time that we ever like actually put out music you know like on bandcamp and then a few years later on spotify uh Picking the name 3AM is like playing hard mode, um, just because there are so many artists with that name. Um, a lot. Yeah. So, um, but you got a tattooed on your arm, so I'm I'm sticking with it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but I, so like I I think like <clears throat> the background to it and like it, you know, I, we have a song called 3AM, and I think like that song. It probably like explains it better than I could actually articulate, you know, why we're called 3 a.m. But like, it really is just like this thought of like being up late with your best friends. Like you, you, you don't want the time to ever end. Right. And it, 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 especially, you know, with Megan and Hunter being thousands of miles away from me, like that, that thought of that limited time that we have together and like trying to get the most of it and staying up, you know, until 3 a.m. Right. And that's, when you turn 31, like myself, right? Like 3 a.m. is pretty late, right? So <laughs> I, I, it's really, it really is just trying to get the most out of the time you have with, I think, the people you love. It was a really deep way of saying yeah, it. But yeah. so eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's very thoughtful and a good way, a good way to go about that. Have you guys listened to any yeah. of the other 3 a.m. artists? So like... The most popular one is a Spanish band from South America. Yeah. I've listened to like a couple of their songs. And I was like, yeah, it's in Spanish. <laughs> I can't speak to Spanish. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of them are like, uh, like trap artists. Uh, so like, you know, interesting stuff out there. But uh, I mean, if nothing else, you have a very particular niche in the 3 a.m sphere for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah there, yeah i like that yeah we are the top yeah. emo 3 a.m band yeah, yeah. without it we're not matchbox 20 we're not trap <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about writing a song in spanish though Ooh, i don't know i'll have to use like <laughs> dude that nylon guitar out oh yeah there you go so 2022 you guys released life's hard uh album tell us all about it the writing recording process um how it got the name life's hard talk us through you know talk us through the album um yeah feel free to jump in at any point craig but uh the overall like name life's hard uh was some it was like a phrase that just kept kicking around in my head over and over 
Um, and I really like the idea of it being used to describe like the most mundane of little inconveniences. Uh, like one of the songs, Bananas, is like my bananas uh, went bad because I didn't eat them in time. Life's hard. Um, and then, you know, also being used to like think about actual things that are like, you know, struggling with depression or dealing with actual challenges. Uh, like almost homelessness, right? That, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the, the actual like writing of it kind of came along more or less the same lines. So we just sort of, uh, write songs, collect them, and then uh, narrow down to like what, um, you know, what we think fits the theme of the album and our best work to go on a particular album. Um, I think we probably started collecting songs for that one in 2019, 2018. Does that sound right? <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the first song that we recorded that ended up on that album, but that sounds about right. What else, what else stands out to you, Greg? No, I mean, I think you captured in, like, like I mentioned before, you know, Hunter's, he really presents a lot of, like, the ideas, like, the structure of a song, and I, I think that that's something that we just continuously build on, and I, yeah, the thought of, you know, life is hard, and, you know, whatever aspect you're looking at it, and I think the songs capture that, but then I think that there's, you know, certain songs in there that talk about almost like a reminiscent sort of idea of like, okay, but like, there's still like these, you know, beautiful things and like great things within it, even, you know, through these difficulties. So, but, you know, sticking with, you know, Midwest kind of emo sound, it's, you know, we, we make it more sad. So <laughs> yeah, definitely got a little bit more experimental on that album um, compared to our first one. So there's a little bit less, I feel like it's less dark than our first album. Um, yeah. has more sort of like pop punky type influences um but brings in a lot more uh instrumentation you wouldn't normally find i think in uh pop punk or midwest emo um and megan sings a lot more on that album um so i really wanted to bring in and she's an excellent violinist um so she's got violin on uh at least one of the songs bummer and sons mm -hmm. um that one's like a little more folky than yeah than anything else that you guys have done too so it's a good one folk emo um yeah it's <laughs> violin and banjo primarily um so uh yeah just sort of like exploring different styles um exploring different instruments learning new instruments and trying to incorporate them within our sound um so it, it was a yeah. good one <laughs> yeah i mean like Hunter mentioned too and like I know we didn't talk about like directly like when Megan really came in the picture, but like we had recorded our first LP and that was um, kind of prior Megan, I would say before she was really like fully in like the fold of the band. And then, you know, while, you know, subsequent to the release of that, there was, you know, a certain a couple songs that Hunter was like, Hey, like I'm thinking of getting Megan on this song. Like the song was on Sweet Violin and like, you know, like once she got on, I'm like, Oh my God, like, <laughs> like, you know, I took it to like the next level and it, it was one of those, things where it was like absolutely like this should continue and i i think it's taken our song to the next level as a result of that so so from the first to second lp um was the transition to that kind of more experimental music intentional or is it something that you started writing and realizing it was a little bit different than 
the first LP or um, how did that kind of work into the process of Life's Hard? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it was something that, at least for me, started happening and then I, I realized it later. Um, so I credit a lot of the more like folky influence on that to uh, getting really into like field medic and runner. Um, so I started listening to different types of music than I had been. And I feel like uh, whatever I'm listening to, I'm, I'm like pulling stuff from that. I'm like, oh, I love that. I want to do that. I want to try that. Um, and so, you know, I just sort of started doing that a little bit unconsciously. Uh, and then later on was like, oh, suddenly I've ended up with a banjo. Maybe I should lean into this a little bit. And it becomes like a little more intentional at that point where it's like, oh, I think this part right here, I'm going to build a section for uh, harmonica and violin. And so it's a little bit more intentional in terms of structuring the writing and, and the song structure itself. Um, yeah, I, I think my influence, I definitely like am heavily influenced by whoever I'm listening to and that changes sort of in a cyclic, you know, three, four, six month process. Um, I, I, I The only thing I was gonna add on is like, I think through that process, like you said, like those songs, a lot of them I would say were influenced from like the vital soundscape area like mm. some of that sound was kind of drawn from what we were playing on when we were like you know a four piece and I think that we were all very um I don't want to say not talented but like we were still in the process of like <laughs> learning our instruments which like we're always learning right but I think we developed a lot I think technically and like in a, in our skill set between those two albums so I think you know with that coupled with everything Hunter just said I think that there was a lot of you know more technical knowledge in what we're playing that also helped with kind of the change in sound right as, as you develop as in a, in a skill set you, you naturally change in, in the music that you're producing now you you talked about earlier like the kind of way that you went about writing songs was kind of going back and forth with like an idea or a riff or something and kind of building off of that and changing it a little bit with these like new instruments and like different kind of technical things that you're trying to do with the album was there a different way of going about that or was it still more or less like sending over like picking on the banjo or like samples of violin and things of that nature and kind of building off of that uh i think so at least for the song farmer and sons i don't know if i ever sent you anything about that song craig maybe i told you i'd gotten a banjo yeah i remember like oh there goes my dog um, <laughs> i let mine out of the room yeah um, oh no he's going crazy he's also uh, part of the band yeah he, he, I was say, he wants to be song. involved he can talk yeah. <laughs> what song is it what's barking uh, he, come pick me up. he barks in the yeah there's the a bark yeah, in the background exactly. it's like perfectly <laughs> on the yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I remember sitting down with uh, Craig on the drum set, oh, and uh, like I had the structure for Farmer and Sons, I had the recording, I booted it up, and I had no idea what he was going to think about it, because at least at that time, Craig was always like a big country music hater. Uh, <laughs> so I was very nervous, yeah, yeah. And, like, oh, I've never shown him this banjo music before, I don't know if he's just going to like drop the sticks and walk out on me, like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, but I also distinctly remember you took one take on that song and it was phenomenal. And 
Yeah. Instantly need to listen to it once. <laughs> it would, I, I literally, yeah, no, like, like you said, I think he like, we're in like the basement of the house I'm currently at. And that's where like a lot of our recording has happened on the last two albums. But like he, he like, he played the song for me once and then put it on, tracked it and was like, All right, I'm going to go up and, you know, get, get a cup of coffee or whatever it is. He's getting a cup of coffee. I'm literally just like, it's recording. I'm playing on it. He comes back down, you know, three and a half minutes later. I'm like, dude, I think that was it. I was like, that. I think that was like, we're done. I mean, like, we listened through magic like, in a bottle. Yeah. And that was it. It's so, like, that was the whole song. And yeah. There's definitely been uh, like some parts. So I started incorporating a little bit more like electronic elements as well. Um, and uh I feel like we've got a lot of you know trust between us because I'll send something to Craig and be like, what do you think about having this synth here? And like, you know, to your credit, you'll be sometimes you'll say something like, I actually don't think that that fits super well, or maybe it should have this different sort of sound to it. Um, and I feel like just having the trust to know that everything you're saying is not like, you know, a personal attack or whatever. It's like, a true true thing yeah. feelings on the music and you know like being able to have that that sort of dialogue is uh certainly makes it easier to be adventurous because even if we don't ultimately go in a direction it's like we can try stuff and it's like a safe environment to try different things you know yeah our band's a safe space so <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are currently working on some new music correct yeah could you tell us a little bit about where you are with that? Maybe when we could hear some of it, where are you in the process? Yeah, so I'm going to let Hunter kind of like give more detail on like the current status of this, but I will say, and this is very similar to our last three albums, our last two albums and in how we kind of go about making the music. It's like we, and I think Hunter mentioned this briefly, but it's, it's a lot of just like, Hey, let's record on this song let's record on this song and like i don't know if this is normal right and like i, I don't have the full context of like what other artists do but like we get to a point where there's like 20 songs we've recorded and we're like okay this one was recorded four years ago like what's kind of like like we fall into like a vibe or like a sound that we're like well like this is the album sound right and kind of pick out the ones that make the most sense or like all kind of fit together and i i think that's probably normal right <laughs> but I, I i would say just a very high level that's that's kind of the process I think we're currently in. I don't think we're at 20 songs yet necessarily, but yeah, I'll let you take it away, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I think we're at like 13 that we've got. That's about right, yeah. That's um, a pretty good album length. Yeah, I mean. We're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> tomorrow, you can expect it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think probably two or three more we might track and then start kind of picking, you know, favorites and, uh narrowing it down to what we want to do um i feel like we could have this out by like fall of next year i think that's kind of what my working target is um that being said having a working target <laughs> you know maybe it will be later i don't know but um yeah uh we are this time around we're gonna try since we've built some relationships with a couple of um you know really great diy labels like uh, you know, Outcast Tape put out our uh, our last album on tape. Uh, We're trying records, uh, Lonely Ghost Records. You know, everybody's faves in the scene. Um, we're gonna actually try and uh, shop the album around a little bit, see if we can get. Yeah, there you go. 
Probably <laughs> holding up the tape of Life Hard. That's sick. Um, <laughs> someone should buy those so they get out of my closet. There's skateboard for sale too. I can show them. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone knows we all need space. Please help Hunter and Craig get these out of their closets. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think, uh, you know, probably within, you know, by spring, I'd like to have the songs narrowed down and at least mixed enough that uh, the folks that we send it out to can kind of hear the vision of the um, the album and uh, hopefully we'll get someone interested in uh, picking it up. It's always been a sort of a dream of mine is to have an album uh, distributed physically and, um, you know, Bob from Outcast helped us do that with tape and I never thought we'd even be considering vinyl, but it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately and um, yeah. Thinking about putting myself in debt to do vinyl. <laughs> More debt. More debt. Yeah. More debt. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm a little bit curious about um how you go about like picking the songs for the album because you said it's more about like oh what sounds kind of right like how does that feel in terms of like the sounds and stuff. But Life's Hard clearly had, like, a very, like, thematic uh, touch to it as well. Is that something that you guys are paying attention to when you're writing the songs? Or is that something that just naturally happens, like, when you're in, like, a phase of writing, like, a lot of the same themes just happen to come up, so you're able to pick from them? Um, yeah, I'll start with that. Great question. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my writing process, I just, like... I almost imagine, you know, the song is already written. It's somewhere out there in like the ether and I'm kind of just channeling it into existence. Um, at least my favorite songs, it's it sort of feels like that. And I don't always get to like pick what that song's going to be. Sometimes it feels, you know, like it just, it becomes what it is going to become. Um, and what's really helped me for kind of focusing on this album um, and, you know, getting songs that are more cohesive is uh, I've started two sort of, you know, side project things that I don't know if they'll go anywhere, but I've got one where it's like really electronic songs and one that's sort of like a slow core type thing. And now when I get a song that I write, I'm sort of like, okay, which bucket does this best fit in? Um, if it's something really good, it's a 3 a.m. song. <laughs> uh, save all my best ones for, you know, the real deal. Um, but if it's something that's like really far outside what, uh, you know, at least the the 10 or 12 songs we have so far are sounding like, then I kind of put it in one of these other bins um, and, you know, either work on it later or don't go forward with it or whatever. But um, yeah, then when it actually comes to like narrowing it down, I'd say just vibes, <laughs> you know, load it up yeah. in the car and see what like feels good. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole time the hunter was just talking there, I'm trying to think of like, our method for going about picking the right songs. And like, it's like, it, like I, there's no like great answer. It really is just like, we kind of like, we'll listen to them and we'll be like, yeah, this one's, you know, for whatever reason, just not feeling right. Like it, it, it really just goes back to like vibes. Like how, how do you feel about it? And I, I don't know that it's a certain factor of the song that we're like, that doesn't fit with the whole mix. Right. Or whatever it is. It's, it, it really is just kind of a feeling. And it, it, it seems that the feeling seems to have worked on this last album. So we're going to stick with that kind of that thought process. 
I think Megan's had a really good ear for that. I feel like you've really helped guide a lot of that selection. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah. I'm not really involved in the writing process. I always joke that um, I'm like classically trained in music. Like I uh, started playing violin when I was a kid and I um, did orchestra all through high school and college. And like, I'm very good at like music that's put right in front of me, but I'm a little bit worse at the creativity side, but I'm still like always happy to be involved but it is funny because I normally get like almost the finished pieces and then they're like add things to this and I'm like oh okay and then I just like add a little bit and um so it is kind of funny because I feel like I'm definitely not as heavily involved in the like beginning part of it or the writing but I feel like by the time I get like the finished piece I can tell I can be like oh I love this one or like this one can like you know what I mean so I yeah I think I'm good at picking up the vibes but yeah, I'm definitely less involved in the writing things. Not the most creative add, person. Add the add the little garnish. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I'm here for. So, so this this is where I wish Megan was involved. I talked about how she kind of came in the picture, like towards life's hard, right? And like I wish she was there earlier because we have a song on our first LP, which I I like to equate it to like the Yellow Submarine of you know our album. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even know if I should say the name of the song. I think if you listen through our first LP, you could probably pick out the one song that was written by me. Um, so yeah, we'll just leave it at that. We'll, we'll let people figure out which song that is. Yeah, that's very obvious. Cut. Would not have made the Megan cut. Exactly what I'm saying. Megan was actually like, this song should not be on there. Like, Damn. Right. I actually don't know which one that is, so I will have to go back through it. I'll, I'll, I'll take a gander. You'll know. <laughs> the first, no, the first album I just always think of Jank Bike. Everyone oh, loves yeah. Jank Bike. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> so for this new album, Sonically, is it in the same kind of experimental range that the previous album uh, kind of worked through? Or are you working with a new kind of um, new sound evolving um, in... Uh, kind of that aspect I guess I'll just say like in these songs we've written like with any band right like you're like I talked about how like you're progressing and like your talent right and that ultimately like inherently changes how your sound sounds um <laughs> I think that the like the base of 3am is still very much in these songs like a lot of the structure that we typically have or or lack thereof i would say in our yeah. songs right there's yeah. not there's not very very st- structured elements to a lot of our songs which i which i love and i think is is us right um so i think that it, you'll see a lot of that um in what is currently being written but on top of that like yeah like there's there's experimental things going on at all times and there's a lot of different things happening that that change the songs but while still being 3 a.m yeah um i think like you know there there are a few songs with banjo some with harmonica violin um more electronic elements so i, I wouldn't say we've added too many more you know new sounds but we're kind of like perfecting the way that we use uh some of those more interesting sounds on the last album um and the other thing to like really speak to what craig was saying about you know becoming technically more proficient at your instrument. Um, I, uh, 
like have been getting really into finger tapping on the guitar. So I finally broke down and bought like a nice compression pedal that makes it, you know, sound way better than I can actually play it. Um, and uh, so I've been using like a lot more of that when it comes to writing. So leaning in a little bit more on um, the mathy elements, more technical guitar. Um, so I feel like that's a change yeah. from what we had in the previous album. I mean, that sort of, you know, Midwest riffage was always there. Um, but it's just a little bit, a little bit different now. Yeah. I think it's also worth mentioning though, that you've gotten like a lot more into um, Pro Tools and like everything that Pro Tools can do. So he's like, just like spent a lot more time, even on the editing side of things that yeah. I think will end up having some influence on the sound, just how well polished <laughs> it is, you know? Like, I think that it will probably be like, well, more polished than, especially like the earliest one, but always. I think that's such a great now because like Hunter is, I feel like when we recorded our first album, we were kind of on the same level with Pro Tools. And now he shows me stuff on Pro Tools. He like presses 17 buttons and something happens. But like, (laughs) dude, like what? I don't know what you're doing. He's like, oh, it's this whatever. So I think that's a really good point because he's definitely learned a lot on that front. I think that's, that will make, you know, all, all of the sounds a lot better. Yeah, that is super exciting. And we're definitely looking forward to getting to hear all of the new music. Hopefully you can get the tapes out of your closet and yeah. fill it up with some vinyl. <laughs> um, Sydney, did you have any other questions for 3am? So where can we find and follow you guys online and listen to all of your music? Yeah, uh, so you can listen to our music anywhere that you listen to music. So that's Spotify, YouTube, uh, Tidal, wherever. Um, on most of our socials, we are three awkward men, uh, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, <laughs> don't worry about it. We got two awkward men in here. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, to add to our name woes and some of the um, you know different projects we've been involved in online like compilations we actually get listed as three awkward men for our artist name and i'm like hey that's our you know our our name (laughs) but uh yeah so find us at three awkward men um probably don't type that into like a image search bar make sure you're in actual you know twitter but uh yeah love that all right. Well, uh, two awkward men and Megan, uh, thank you guys so much. <laughs> um, yeah, Craig, Hunter, Megan, 3 a.m. Thank you guys so much for being on with us tonight. It's been a pleasure talking. Yeah, thanks so much yeah, for having us. This was a blast. Yeah, thank you guys. It was awesome. Thank you for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at LKTPod for more information about the podcast when episodes come out and occasionally giveaways and things of that nature. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.